Game Boys. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Game Boys. Game Boys Podcast. Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux, and with me as always, it's a man who couldn't find love till he found Tangled. It's Griffin Davis. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Tangled. Uh, what Lux is referring to is a text conversation that we had. Um, basically, I was texting him being like, I was playing Kingdom Hearts. Spoiler, that's what I'm talking about for the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, I was playing Kingdom Hearts 3, and I got to the Tangled world, and I was like, man, I never saw the Tangled movie, but it clearly sucks. Like, Tangled sucks. And like then, like, man, this Tangled world like won me over so much. It's my favorite world so far. It's amazing. So let's just segue into our normal thing where we talk to each other for a quick second before we introduce our guest about what games we're playing. <laughs> I assume you're playing Kingdom Hearts 3. Let's talk about it. What's going on? How is it? What's, what's the, your deal? It's really good, Lux. It's really good. Truthfully good. Like in like, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't change any of the things that like uh, are, are like the core of the game, which I like. Um, and it just like adds interesting things. Um, and they do great things. They do that classic great thing that Kingdom Hearts, like the good Kingdom Hearts moments do where like they tie like a Kingdom Hearts theme in with like the theme of like a world. So like the Toy Story world, like the themes of the Toy Story world kind of like mixed with like the themes that Sora was dealing with in this like beautiful like crossover way that just like worked really well. And like taught me things about being a toy and it was just great. That's <laughs> uh, a lesson you'd learn. I, so here's a confession I'm going to make. Mm. I was half really hoping this game was going to be totally fucking awful just for the content. Right. But um, it's not. Oh uh, yeah. Which is kind of a letdown for me, but I'm happy that you're having a good time. Yeah, well, here's the other thing is that like, uh, I don't want to go into too many things. It's cause it's going to get pretty spoilery. And we're obviously going to talk more about this with like a guest, maybe in the next week or two where we do a full breakdown on the game after you've played a little bit of it, Lux. Oh um, yeah. I guess. Um, but the one thing, uh, that, that I will say is that I was, uh, I was playing it, uh, before my sketch team got over to my house to rehearse and they got there and they started watching. And like the first five minutes, people were like, like one, uh, one girl was like, this looks like a fake video game uh and like people were like totally crapping on me 10 minutes later they're like this is sick like it had won over the entire room really quickly so i do think there is something to this game yeah um, that's a pretty i mean any game that people just like sit and watch you play for 10 minutes is pretty it's a pretty impressive testament to the game for sure yeah but lux what have you been playing well i'll tell you um i've been playing vesperia still a little bit but i also have restarted my basketball gm thing um, cause I've had to like only be able to spot play video games. It's been, uh, it's been making stuff time for PWR. So I've been playing a lot of basketball GM and let me tell you, I'm still the fucking best at it. Um, mm-hmm. talked about basketball GM a lot, but I played it a lot. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Instead, we can talk about our awesome guest. He's the commissioner and one of the founding members of Party World Wrestling, an organization with which I'm extremely involved. It's Chris Monica. Hello, Chris. How's it going? Welcome to the show. Hey, this is Chris. Thanks for having me. Hey, you are welcome. Yeah, thanks welcome. for coming. They, yeah, we're glad to have you here, Chris. Thanks for thanks for putting up with our internet issues. For guests that didn't know, we just edited that out like thirty minutes of us fiddling with our internet. Yeah, I think we got it fixed, and we're back in the mix. I've talked about basketball GM and how I don't need to talk about it anymore about six times, but now we're rocking and rolling, Chris. So. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing is what I was going to ask. Fine. I'm very tired. All right. You're very tired. Well, that's because we've got a big show coming up, which actually is a pretty good segue because so 
a quick thing for people who haven't listened to Reference Party World Wrestling a lot, but can you tell people a little bit about like what it actually is? Because we sort of talk about it tangentially on the show a lot. Well, it's it's not that dissimilar to one of your video games. <laughs> one of my video games? One of your video games okay, that yeah. you play. Thank you for breaking it down in language we can understand. All right, of so how is, it, how is it similar? I, you no, know, I think it. you have characters... And then you have players, and the players are the audience. Whoa. But instead of using the controllers with their hands, they're kind of using their emotions to uh, predict the action, if you will. I guess that's kind of true. It's also, would you say that video games, like, aesthetically have inspired a lot of the PWR stuff? Uh, maybe. I guess. Just that, like, I mean, everybody involved has probably played video games since they were, like, little children but so i guess yeah probably yeah, i mean i feel like we do a lot of like fantasy and like video game story what? tropes but a yeah lot. one thing we don't do is like that guy's in a mario costume we did have a character called the sonic gentleman we did we absolutely did but you space. guys aren't doing cosplay and that's i think the important distinction you know inspiration from video games one thing but you guys aren't yeah like doing like princess peach fights bowser or something yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and i um, mean god bless whoever would want to do that, but I think just I just not. I just watched that schedule last night on stage. Oh. <laughs> oh boy, great comedy is so good. That's the one thing I love comedy. Yeah, that's one thing we all got to remember, <laughs> and it's all good. Yeah, I guess for people that like don't know what party wrestling is, I guess uh, as an outsider and person that doesn't know what uh, wrestling is either, uh, I would describe it as like kind of like alt wrestling in the same way there's like alt an alt comedy scene. Um, is that offensive to you? Ah. Uh. I mean, I think the intent is accurate that uh, the prefix alt is a little uh, little troubled these days, but I think it's definitely uh, outsider theatrical wrestling. I think it, that makes a lot of sense. And it's really funny all the time. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean most of the time, right? Yeah, most of the time. Not is all it? the time. <laughs> I feel I feel like it is. I think it's really funny. I think so, we make a lot of people laugh. That's good. Cause because sometimes it's just all done like for for our benefit so much, I feel like, that I'm glad that that people like it. Yeah, no, that is, does seem very, very lucky. Um <laughs> so Chris, you and I have been good buds since we started doing PWR stuff together and I started doing it, but I didn't know you before that. So what were you doing before you were doing? Party World Wrestling. Just uh, mostly music. I played a lot of music. I still do, but that was my main thing. Just like going on tour as a musician and doing songs and instruments and playing in bands. And that's actually how I met the co-founder of uh, PWR, Jared, back in 2008. We, we played a show. Um, shouts out to Jared. Shout different, out to different Jared. Jared, but I Jared. guess we keep the streak alive. <laughs> to all Jareds. Respect so to all Jareds. A, sorry, there's a requirement of one Jared shout out per pod. doesn't have to be any Jared. You can only, only be Jared. Jared. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes, if you, sometimes it's a wedding ring and he got it from Jared. Well, we all made it certain versions of the same exact joke. Do we, are we off time again? Is that, did I just not hear that? No, I think that, yeah, I think <laughs> both Chris and I sort of said it to the microphones and less to the phone. Um, doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so that's bet, cool. what, uh, what kind of music were you guys doing? Chiptune? Word. Well, that's also very video gamey, actually. Right, yeah, definitely. So does that, like, so it seems like a lot of the stuff you, you've done artistically is, like, sort of tangentially related to, like, video game stuff. I think that that's at least a little bit true. At one point, though, I was in, when I was doing Chiptune, the point of it was to be kind of a... Uh, not ironic, but to 
be like anti-video game chiptunes. Whoa, okay, so what does that mean? It means that it was like the content was aggressively anti-video game. Would it be like a bunch of 8-bit sounds and you'd be like, I hate Xbox! Essentially. (laughs) Whoa. Wait, what? Well, not always, but like that was definitely like a factor. (laughs) That fucking rules. I love that. But I also do and always have loved video games but i have to i have to limit the amount i play these days because of busyness but every now and then just got to crack open some ang band yeah well we're going to get into that in one second but i do have one more question Wait, for i'm I, so i'm so relieved that you said the name of the game because i didn't know how to pronounce it <laughs> well, how are you going to pronounce it i don't i don't want to say Armand. Uh, <laughs> um, that would have been that would have been sweet. Before we get to Ong Bond, um, <laughs> uh, like, how did you like? So, what was like? How did you get into video games? How did you start with the thing? Because you said you like you like them a lot, but how did it all start for you? I think I played original Nintendo at uh, a family friend or something when I was like six years old, and that was I. I remember thinking like as a little kid that like I've found my calling. <laughs> you were like, this is, I'm going to grow up to play Mario professionally. <laughs> Not that I, I didn't even think about it like professionally. I was just like, I just need to do this as much as possible immediately. Like it immediately took over like my identity. Damn. And then it got, and then it became a more, it, it became less, uh, it never became like a bad, like gross addiction or anything, but it was always like. Very, very special to little Chris. And then, like, what kind of games were, like, the big ones for you when you were younger? Probably, um, definitely the Mario games, one, two, and three. Uh, Contra. Contra was a game I played with my little brother so much that at some point we had to start pretending it was a different game. What what does that mean? Like, it means, like, we would have a dialogue as the two different characters. Like, I remember this one was we were both little kids who had to go to a museum, and we were fighting our way through the museum. <laughs> like, we played Contra so much that we hated it, but we still had to play it. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty relatable, honestly. I have that relationship with some video games. So, yeah, Contra was... Because was, we only had, like, I only had, like, five or six games growing up. Were yeah, relatable. I was playing Betrayal of Crondor and Diablo over and over and over again for several years. Oh, dang. Um, Griff, do you have any cues for our G, which stands for guest? Um, yeah, so, um, like, Mario. Uh, wait, sorry, I'm just pulling up the fucking history. <laughs> what great a, question, what a great question. <laughs> I would... Agree, <laughs> Mario. Ma- Mario, yes or no? I think we got a yes over. Here. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hard yes. I've been, I, I have been noticing lately. A lot of people have been disrespectful to Wario. Is that true? I feel like it. In what way well, is that true? I just feel like people are talking a lot of junk about Wario and just Actually, making making light of him. Well, and, well, it's interesting because Waluigi has had a certain renaissance in North America. Um, and are, are you saying that somehow this has like affected Wario's reputation, perhaps? I might be getting Wario and Waluigi confused. You are, because like Waluigi is the one people talk about. Like, I definitely know them two, the two apart, but I've gotten the zeitgeists flipped in my brain. Sure, yeah. I mean, Wario is pretty included, and I think people like talking about how Waluigi has not been included in Smash or another like, important uh, moments in Nintendo history. I say, let him not be included. 
Whoa, Chris with the anti-populist that, state. No, but that, that's, yeah. what, that's what will continue to make him special, right? Yeah, I guess right. so. He's the underdog. Yeah, you, I mean, because you can't, you can't shit on a game that doesn't exist. You can only imagine. <laughs> right, the Waluigi game is perfect because it's not real. Yeah, exactly. And it came out on the Wii U and no one played it. <laughs> and it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, it's real and it's out there. It's, it's locked up behind a bunch of uh, vault doors and Nintendo labs. I mean, I'd almost believe it just on the level of like... I have no idea what came out for the Wii. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chris, I did have a question for you because uh, you said you're trying to, you know, really balance the amount of video games in your life. And we get that a lot from guests. What is a game that has come out in the last couple of years that has like forced you to dive in and play? Boo. I just got Magic the Gathering Arena and that's that's pretty addicting. Oh, yeah, that's pretty fun. No, is that just like an online version of the physical card game? Yeah, basically, it's like magic wizards of the coast ripping off blizzard ripping off magic because it's like a rip off of Hearthstone. Like the interface is Hearthstone, but Hearthstone mechanics are based on magic. So it feels very like spiteful. Yeah, it seems very recursive, but it's it's really fun. It's like it. I don't know. Those games are like it gets to a point where like you have to be careful because they 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 get you sucked in this weird like power vacuum where of like mm, spending money for one upsmanship and it's extremely toxic. But as a few games a day, very fun. Very yeah. cool. I watch Patrick play it sometimes. Yeah, I'll play. I'll play anybody. I, you think you can? Is there anyone? You think you can hang? Oh. I'll hang I, and I'll chop. I, I, for the record, definitely cannot hang. Um, I'm bad at those games. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, trading card games and fighting games are the only games that I'm better than Griffin at, and they're so vindicated. <laughs> and that, I guess um, also maybe JRPGs, but yeah, those are Street, kind of different. Street Fighter 2 is also a big game for me. Yeah, hell games yeah. From my past. But weirdly, in playing fighting games for like 30, no, 20 plus years, like, yeah, still not that good, Adam. Yeah, you gotta learn how to tech. I've been pretty much like doing the same like bad jump opening with Ryu my whole life. Whoa! I just immediately go for the jump kick and just get knocked out of the air. Yeah, well, that's a and terrible. I'm like, and I'm like, I know I shouldn't do that, but it's like whenever I'm in a tough situation, I'm like, but do the jump knee. <laughs> Griffin, do you have a standard fighting game opening? Uh, a, f- a fighting opening for myself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, it starts with like uh, like a fan and then I like, come in on a tiger uh, and there's like a <laughs> waterfall behind me that like goes whoosh, and like sprays out the sides. I meant Whoa. like an opening maneuver, but that that's a much cooler oh, answer. I was, well, I was I was like trying to unpack it with like what I knew about fighting <laughs> games and I actually like put together. I was like, so he's Sagat. And he's confusing like Mai's fan attack with like a punch. So he's saying he throws a punch and then shoots a projectile after it. And then he comes in on it with, and then waterfalls like, nope, things have gone crazy. <laughs> That's a bridge too far. But I think For me, maybe- it was an intro. Yeah. No, look, man. That's a great intro. Yeah, that's a great intro. Um, let's... Get Speaking down of intros, though, we should introduce the business, the game uh, that our guest has brought on. And, you know, we always do this history segment, and we're going to really have to peel back the pages of history for this one and go back a long time ago. So let's hear a little bit of history about this game. In J.R.R. Tolkien's fantasy world of Middle-earth, Angband, Sindarin for Iron Prison, is the name of the fortress of Melkor, constructed before the First Age, located in the Iron 
Iron Mountains in the enemy's land, Dor de Lolos, north of Beleriand. But our journey starts long before Angband with a young Michael Toy living in Livermore, California in the 1970s. Toy's father was a nuclear scientist, and on visits to his father's lab, he fell in love with a game on his father's work computer, the 1971's text-based adventure, Star Trek. Officially hooked on games, Toy took to learning computer programming, and in the early 80s, he cobbled together his own dungeon crawler called Rogue. Rogue was created using a series of source codes Toy made available to any other coder on the internet. This gave up-and-coming coders the ability to add on and create their own games, and in 1990, Alex Cutler and Andy Estran released Angband, loosely based on the popular Lord of the Rings franchise. This week, the Game Boys descend into the darkness of J.R.R. Tolkien's fantasy dungeon, and unlike the wizard Gandalf's famous warning, we shall definitely pass. It's Angbang! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, Chris... What the fuck is what is this? Talk to me about this game. Why what did you, is this game? Why did you choose this game? And also, what's happening? Okay, so have you guys played like pen and paper role playing games? Oh yeah, uh, Griffin. Did you ever play like a D and D thing or something? I think you played with us once, right? Did we do a one shot one time, or did we just tried to do that and we couldn't get scheduled? I have played some weird like uh, like flash games that were text based, like back in the day on the computer. Um, and yes, I have played like some stuff more recently in my adulthood that was i think pathfinder okay um cool so you yeah have, you have a reference point for for this then usually in in those kinds of games the the materials encourage people to like get into the characters and role play you know it's not supposed to just be about like rules it's supposed to be about like atmosphere and um like joining in together to create this shared, this shared world. Um, Angband takes like the fantasy tropes and just strips all of that away. It's pure rules and pure cruft and cruft. It's just, yeah, I like cruft. It's like, it's just Is the game rated C for cruft. <laughs> it's mainlined. It's just mainlined dungeon crawler. Like you sure. have, you have like, you know, D and D version five. Then you have like a copy of like 1980 advanced dungeons and, and dragons. And then you have like a fanzine publication of like proto dungeons and dragons from like 1978. Then you have friggin' Angband <laughs> in your face, beaming pure, uh, ASCII dragons into your veins. Right. So it's an ASCII game, right? Like it's all, it sure is. It's, so it's all like weird, like letter symbols. Like everything's made out of weird text and you're moving around. Um, I played with tiles too. The newer versions have tiles, which is nice because it makes keeping track of where the fuck you are as you get lost and murdered in dungeons a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. They make it like a visual square blocky thing, right? Yeah. Which is so much easier to navigate. But it's not like slow paced like you'd think from the description because basically like when you move on one square that like moves the world forward like one tick. So everything moves and you do it as fast as you want. Basically, you could. Yeah, you can play the game pretty quickly yeah if you don't die if you don't die that's the main thing yeah that's the main thing and that's the main thing with which i had trouble when we played this game was <laughs> constantly dying yeah um yeah like when you explore the game it's like you're like like snaking through and it's like the world is kind of like building out as you explore it and you're kind of like carving a path on the screen it's like really interesting looking right and did you guys how did you guys how did you guys feel when you did you find anything in the dungeons? I found like a sword. Okay, how'd you feel about the sword? I liked it. 
I found a couple items. That was one thing we actually kind of talked about this a little bit before with the with the helmet. I found a couple of like weird, like legendary e seeming items that all had like crazy like balancing stuff. Where it'd be like you're super strong, but also now dumb or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of cool cursed weapons. Yeah, I found a couple of those. Those were very cool. But yeah, I I don't know. I got very excited whenever I found a cool weapon. Yeah, and that's that's what this game is known for because like there's this like tree of like roguelike games like this from that era that started with that game Rogue that kind of like branched off from there and like Ang Bang's like a derivative of that that got really popular and like one of the things they're known for is I, I guess bringing all these like more items and more rules and, and like armor in that sense to the game than previous um, titles. Yeah there's so many items and like it's there's like all these rare drops that the monsters have and so like when you get some crate I mean there's I've been playing the game for 25 years. No, sorry, 15 years. I keep Holy forgetting. Shit. You keep adding I keep 10. forgetting how old I am. <laughs> I'm not. I've been playing it for a long time and I for sure haven't like gotten anywhere close to finding all the items, nor will I. So what what why were you asking how we felt about finding items? Because the main thing I feel that this game does is kind of like like I was talking about sucking you in, like how Magic the Gathering kind of sucks you in and forces you to go to the next level. It kind of does the same thing where it hooks you and then it's like, oh, you got this sword now. Now you can go a little further. And so it keeps like telling you to push and eventually that kills you like that, that like need to push a little further. Eventually it kills you like you don't win. I mean, I guess technically you could win, but like I've definitely gotten so far in the game that like my account gets but my my save gets buggy like i've oh so wait have you never beaten the game oh definitely not whoa oh, in 20, you've played <laughs> a game 15, for 25 years 15 and years, haven't 15 years. Sorry, 15 yeah. years. Oh, we did oh, everything sorry. wrong 35 years there you <laughs> 45 go. years i've been playing this game we're not getting to 55 that's a sacred number um but, <laughs> that's that's a rule of the pod yeah that's a very important number to me um but yeah so that's crazy that you've been playing a game for 15 years that you haven't beaten and you still like have patience for it that would drive me up the goddamn wall well i basically tend to play it like every two or three years i'll pick it up and it'll be the only and i'll play it like a lot for like two to four weeks and then i put it down for another couple years so how'd you get into angband <laughs> just a friend of mine uh when I was like 20 years old was like, yo, check this out. And I was like, what are we doing? And he was like, I'll just leave this with you. And he just left the room <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I got this sword and then got killed by a baby green dragon. And I was like, what, what is that it? He's like, you can start a new character. And I was like, okay, I will. And I Whoa. did. Truly a classic story. Yeah. Oh. But also like the cool thing about Angband is like you're going around in this like kind of hard to look at dungeon and you're spending a lot of time in it and you're getting all this stuff and you're having all these crazy near escapes. So I always begin to construct this narrative for the character where they have this internal monologue and they have these like stories from their life. And so then like once you find a, uh, a certain item and it has a certain effect on you. It starts to, there's this kind of like weird cabin fever that goes on that makes it like really imaginatively rewarding for me. Like definitely that same feeling happens with all sorts of games. I think where you, you, there's like permadeath and you have to start over. It's like each new, yeah. new li life is really like a new story and a new person's life. Like I've been doing that with uh, this game into the breach. I've been playing on the switch right now where it's like, I have these pilots and I'm going to try and get them to survive as long as I can. But like, like, 
you know, you have to start over sometimes. It's like, all right, you guys, you guys are going to live. <laughs> and like, you guys are my story now. Um, and that's, that's really fun. And I can, yeah, that's like, this is probably like one of the first, I mean, it's one of the first permadeath games, right? I mean, I guess you could consider like Pac-Man or something. Yeah. Permadeath, yeah. But. I guess I, that's definitely one of the, the, the standbys of the, the roguelike genre is permadeath. And I think at one point I like, there was one brief period where I would like cheat and make like saves of the character files just so I could play longer. But I gave that up because I realized that it's, it's really taking the fun away. Yeah. I think part of the fun is like the total, it's like the risk of death. Like, but, but sometimes like I've gotten characters so far and then had the stupidest death and just like my head has just like hit my keyboard and I'm just like, I, I just, like I'm down there for like three or four minutes. It's <laughs> 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 a quick vacate a keyboard down. Um, yeah, man, this was like this is this game actually reminds me a lot of I mentioned like what I mentioned a hundred times we tried to re-record stuff. This game reminds me a lot of basketball manager or bas- basketball GM actually because it's like all it's like like kind of semi procedurally generated. It's all like barely looks like anything, and it's just like about like. Re- trying different things and like looping over and over again and like kind of going through the same cycle endlessly right. which is what basketball gm is also like we talked in the show it's like a text-based basketball management game um and i do i can totally see how it's sort of rewarding to like to like figure out exactly how far to push to like not fuck up because like yeah because event- eventually though you get to a point where like you get so your guy is so strong and you're immune to like everything you think and you're just like right. nothing can touch me. This isn't even fun. So you just conquered the dungeon. So you just keep sinking levels and then all of a sudden like some ancient creature like spits an element at you that you hadn't even heard of. Like he spits like Nexus or something. Like like all the amounts of like quote elements in this game is ridiculous. I've been killed by every single new one when they appear. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is a big thing, right? Is that, like, it does... That's that's one thing I noticed, is, like, the game... At stretches, it felt too easy. It mostly felt too hard, because I just kept getting fucking murked. But, like, it did feel too easy, but it would always, like, revamp the difficulty curve in a way that was, like, interesting. I feel like a lot of games... Like, I think we've actually talked about this with The Witcher on the show before. Like, the, that's a game where it, the leveling is really good, but once you get ahead of the leveling curve, the game kind of sucks. Mm, it gets so easy, yeah. yeah and it Just like Nino Kunai. Yeah, and it can't really catch up once you're past the leveling curve. Like, it doesn't scale the right way. And that's one thing Angband's really good at, is it never has that feeling where you're like, even when, like you're saying, even when you feel invincible, you know it's temporary because there's like a Balrog or like a Sauron's right. friend or something like yeah. Yeah. that's gonna so come I do out. have a question about that stuff because I, <laughs> you know, I heard we were doing this game last night, so I have not gotten very deep into these dungeons. Um, Like, I know the difficulty spikes, but like, do is there like interesting like descriptions of like monsters you've never seen before as you go lower? And do they keep on like, do they keep on narratively topping it just in like the monsters? I would say... Yes. Yeah. The monsters get crazier and crazier. They just throw them at you without like any kind of like, like uh ceremony. Like you'll go right. into treasure chambers and they'll just be like friggin' three different ring rates that are just like in a room with like a treasure. And it's, <laughs> it, it's like a big deal. in like the Tolkien mythos, but like you just see that guy and you he's going to die instantly or like the game's going to end. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's the thing. So like, so you do, there's new things where it's like, oh, wow, that guy's big. I got to run. But then like, they're also presented in a, in a, 
in a really like haphazard way. Like, yeah, because they just seem kind of random, like not totally random, but like, yeah, it's like it's almost like makes it's almost like an MMORPG in some ways, except for there's like no other players. Like everything is just like so random and like ignoble, just like. Probably I haven't I don't know if I've gotten that far, but I'm I guessing at some point you like meet the Fellowship of the Rings, like the different members, and I'm sure you just like murk them unceremoniously. <laughs> wait, wait, so you kill good guys too in this game? Yeah, I don't know like which <laughs> I know that you kill some like good guys from like ancient Tolkien, because they're all in there and just like fighting, I guess, and you just like run afoul of them. But I know that you kill oh. you definitely kill uh the main blue wizard guy. Oh, not no, it's not Radagast. Ra- you, you definitely kill Radagast the Brown, or you oh. can. I try and run away because I don't want to kill him, but like, yeah, Radagast is the <laughs> Radagast is the chillest of all wizards. But yeah, basically, yeah, the game is like so autistic in that way, where it's just like you just everybody is in there just because they're in there, and you kill them, and basically killing them is basically like talking to them. Yeah, it's almost like the murder version of Super Smash Bros. for like Tolkien. It's like all of your favorite Tolkien characters, and they're just gonna murder each other. Yeah, or you get to murder them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. So, would, um, so like that would actually I be a part that, of it that I find a little bit weird, but you know, whatever. It's free. It is free. What are you gonna say, Griff? Uh, I, I heard that. Um, once you get to level 100 and you beat the boss, it just keeps going, which I think is fucked up. I wonder what that's like. I haven't gotten there. I think I've gotten to like, I can't even remember what level I've gotten to. Prob- definitely in the like, I want to say like the 70s or 80s. Okay, so you've gotten pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, is this is this a thing that like you kind of like can't go to sleep at night until you like finally beat it, or is just the act of doing it the I the, think, the joy? Yeah, usually there's kind of these like uh, you get to a thing where you've like accomplished something, like you've cleaned out like a really brutal treasure room, and uh, that's usually and that's usually when I'm like, okay, that's good, that's good for now. Yeah. It's also, you know, another, it does have good another thing, up. Yeah, another thing I like about Angband is it's kind of like self-policing in the amount of time you put into it. Like it's easy to spend a lot of time in it at first, but like eventually like the like innate gruelingness of the gameplay makes you not want to play it anymore. Uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> so like, so, so like I'll be into it and I'll be like rocking it for like two hours and then I'm like. I don't need to do this anymore. Whereas like there's some games that are like the atmosphere is so inviting that you can just spend all day. But Angband is, is brutal and punishing enough in every aspect that uh, it kind of polices how much you play. Right. Yeah. I want to get back to something that you, you mentioned before the idea that this game is like just like basically just like an, a classic RPG with like all of the like sort of texture and narrative taken out and it's just like sort of pure distilled rules yeah um i kind of think that fucking is super cool but i also find it kind of disconcerting like how do you feel about like that element of it that it's like basically just like a numbers game at a certain point it's like just purely rules uh i really like it i mean uh it's not that kind of approach is not good for most things (laughs) but like the I don't know there's something about like the core of the idea of like dungeon crawlers that this just captures so perfectly 
to where mm-hmm. like I want to just like make a dungeon like a 3D one and like actually play through this, but I don't need to really because I have Angband. Yeah, it does seem like the kind of like the the, just the yeah. core groove and like of the game is just like been so universally good for decades and that's why people keep updating it and just like you know adding little things but pretty much keeping it pretty similar it's, to what it was when it released in the what the 90s it's a real, in the it's a real trial year of my birth a real trial abide of an rpg oh yeah you're right mm. it's a lobster it never <laughs> stops growing inside of its shell the last thing i wanted to ask about the about this game is like uh are one are you a, a big time fan of like lord of the rings and two do you think that like it like that they like honor Lord of the Rings in the right way. Uh, I would say that they disrespect Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm a, Ooh, I, that I won't say, do. I would say I'm a fan of the Lord of the Rings, but Jared Tolkien's been on file with being like, I don't know about these movie films. And then like, I think somebody like suggested the idea of games. At one point, he was like, rubbish. <laughs> like he would definitely be so mad right now. Like he didn't want his books in paperback at first. Yeah, famously so, like, never use electricity. Right, and so like uh, I'm guessing some like a a public domain like mishmash of all his all his uh, intellectual property would be he wouldn't be too happy about it. But you know, it's uh, it's not just for him now. Griffin, did he really not use electricity? Yeah, everyone, no, I just I just, I just it sound, I just said that, and you know, well, it's, it sounds like well, maybe okay, well, it is why, a thing. Here's why I ask because this is a real tangent. But when I was a child, we, my family went on the, our one big trip I've ever been on that wasn't to Israel. We went to England, and we went to J.R.R. Tolkien's house, and I have this memory of like a really complicated Rube Goldberg machine that wouldn't make sense unless he didn't use electricity. But maybe there, those are two unrelated thoughts. But maybe you went to Middle Earth Thanks. with the imagination. Yeah, maybe I was a child. Two, yeah, it's true. I was seven years old, dude. There, they had shit that was way better than electricity. That you bring electricity to Middle Earth and be like, "We're fine. Like, get that out of here. Yeah. Like, We're fine. No, we have this giant wheel that inexplicably creates smoke." Shouts out to the orcs in Mordor. We've got giant elephants. We've got ghosts get out of here elephants from across the sea (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah okay so the one one question is like why so uh, we talked about like why you like this game and stuff but like why was this a game that like you wanted to talk like what about this game was like made you excited to like talk about it or like get into this game a little bit out of all games that exist within the world so i do have to admit part of it was to punish you like i was so sure that was the answer (laughs) (laughs) just you know because I think that's funny. <laughs> I mean, sure. I kind of probably But it is one it. of my favorite games of all time. Legit. Yeah. It's just maybe the the hardest one that I can explain. Like, I'm thinking about, like, it's like at some point, I, I maybe will, like, show this to my girlfriend. And I'm wondering, like, <laughs> if her eyes are going to even, like, maintain focus. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, real, a real tough cue. Um, what's it's the like hardest? It's like showing, like, it's like an old stuffed animal that you used to have as a kid. <laughs> yeah. What's the oldest like game that? or hardest game you have that you know that you play that you can't explain? Hardest game? If this is the hardest game that you can explain. Okay. Oh, uh... <sighs> What kind of question is that? Yeah, that's I'm a weird question. By even, that's even a hard question. question. Well, he's the one who said the phrase, the hardest game that I can explain. And so okay. then I was like, what, 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 what were you like? This is hard enough, but I can't explain it. I feel like I can, I feel like I can get that. And I feel like it's probably like. I'll tell you, the game of life. Ooh. Whoa. Okay. I, I feel like I want to say like Toei's Romance of the Three Kingdoms on Nintendo. Wait. 
there's a romance of the three kingdoms video game that's yeah. not dynasty warriors like and and in you know 15 years i haven't beat ang band but i can play it i've been playing that game for probably more like 25 years <laughs> legit and i i don't understand how to play it like from moment to moment oh i want to try that but it's still like i still think about it and it makes me very happy well you actually managed to answer the question i would have just completely ignored lux well done <laughs> thank and you once you beat ang band you will have to come back on the podcast to let us know how you've spiritually transformed hey i'll see you in 45 years yes yeah, you on the other right. side we'll be back here <laughs> 2064 um, and with that, we'll be back here also in five seconds after this commercial break, because uh, it's time for a break. Hey guys, we're talking here about audible.com. And if you want to have a book that you can read with your mind, then your ears are going to love Audible because we send you all the books you need. We're talking about Angband here today. How about The Art of War by Sun Tzu? That's a book you can have. All right, well... Remember, just give them the code GAMEBOYS155 and make sure you do that on Amazon. And that's a great way to support the show. Thanks, guys. That was so much better than any of the ones we've ever done. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Still Lux. Uh, your co-host is still Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Chris Monica. And we are still talking about Ang Band. But now is the part of that game where we rate that game, boys, girls, and friends beyond the binary. So let's go around in a circle and just give this game a rating on a scale of one to five joysticks and give a quick taste of why we think it deserves that rating. Chris, you're our guest, so common courtesy dictates you go first. Give it a shot. I'm going to give this game three and a half joysticks because I really like it and I really enjoy playing it, but it has no story and is inherently grueling to play. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Griff, what do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, well, first of all, Lux, I think that you always screw up this part where you explain what we're supposed to do right here. I get Secondly, I will give my final <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Actually, I don't always screw it up. I got the last two weeks right. <laughs> this week is the first time I screwed it up in the, in the year of our Lord 2019. <laughs> okay, well, you showed me. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I, I really like this game. And it definitely is like one of those games that, you know, it was kind of a, a groundbreaking, you know, standard for a new genre of games. And it's clear that it, like it's persisted. People love this game. And it gets updated and it's playable today. Um, and there is something like really unique and kind of mesmerizing about it as you play it. Um, but yeah, it is super grueling to play. Um, and like narratively, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So yeah, I'm going to be giving it a three out of five to Ang Banged. I'm going yeah, to go, actually, I'm going to go Mirror Chris and give it a 3.5. And here, this game is really strange to me because we've talked on the show about how like I need a game to like grab me narrative to put me in its world for me to like get super into it but this game is so empty of anything and somehow that emptiness is almost as alluring as like a fully fleshed out universe see that's another th reason i like it is because like i don't always want to like play a game where like somebody in your party turns out to be like a manifestation of like a nightmare you had when you were a little kid and like now you have to team up with them to like save your lover who's going to die. It's like, geez, man, like I got, I, I just don't want to go through that emotional journey. I just want to like get the helm of Gorlem. I'll get some plate mail. <laughs> Just give me the hell and grind. Yeah, grind out. no, totally. And we've talked this too. That like I love grinding. This game is just purely the grind. 
And there's something alluring about that. So I'll give it three and a half because it did drive me insane and fill me with rage. And uh, okay. Um, three and a half. It uh, had a really conflicted time. Um, but I'm not conflicted about this, which is that now that that's done, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Man, tell you a segments. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the segment segment. This is the part where Griffin and I each make up a segment. We do it with you, Chris, our guest. Griffin, you have a segment this week. Uh, Griffin, I, of course I have a segment. Uh, guys, welcome to a brand new segment for oh, the shit. first time. That's right. It's video game impression session. That's right, guys. We're about to do each attempt an impression of a certain video game character that I've picked. And we're I have a few lines that this character has said, and that's right. For the first up, we're going to be all attempting to do an impression of Donald Duck from Kingdom Hearts. Now, I have three lines of dialogue right here that I'm going to send you guys right now. We each have one with our name next to it, and we're each going to try and say this thing as Donald Duck. All right, so Griff, give it a shot. Um, uh, well, first of all, I think everyone gets a first attempt at Donald Duck because I, I I don't know how to do Donald Duck, and I don't know if you guys do. Um, is, is anyone here kind of a confident Donald Duck? I think I could take a shot at it. All right, take a shot at oh, it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on Video Game Impressions. I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> uh, all right, let's give this a shot. That's pretty good. Uh, now, Chris, uh, your line is, wake up, Goofy, wake up. This is serious. No, that's what I said. I think, yeah, I think you just did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> should I, I should read the line before. I should read the line before. Okay, Lux, yours is, your highness, don't worry. We'll find the king and this key. Whoa, sorry. That wasn't anything. <laughs> nope. I got to combine those two sounds. <laughs> This is going to be really fun audio. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. And then uh, mine is, but you can't come along looking like that. Understand? No frowning. No sad face. Okay. Uh, so you give yourself right, a character. Do that. <laughs> yeah, I give myself too much. If you can't come along looking like that. You know, we're, you know, this is a show that people have to listen to. <laughs> no frowning. No, what else? I can't. I, yeah, I don't have right, it. Chris right. wins. <laughs> Chris wins. Video game impression yes, session. I um, my first and probably last of that segment ever. Yeah, it was good. To, it's good to run a new one uh, because we're running, going back with the classics. Because I'm not stopping till I can't come up with any ideas for everyone's favorite game about analingus. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's another round of Do They Eat Ass. This is the game where we discuss three characters of my choosing, and you and Griffin, Chris, decide who, which of them do or do not eat ass. You what? guys can decide whether it's through cooperative uh, conversation or combative conflict. You will make this decision. Our three characters this week are, of course, because we're doing a Lord of the Rings themed game, Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas. Oh, boy. Okay. So we'll start. Uh -oh. We go in alphabetical order. Does Aragorn wow. eat ass? I, this is crazy because I was just watching the council scene where they talk about how they're going to have to take the ring. Uh, and wow, I was thinking exactly about this. Um, holy shit. So who, wait, sorry, I wasn't listening. What did you say first? <laughs> Aragorn's first. We're going alphabetical order. Okay. Aragorn. Um, well, I mean, look at that facial hair he has in that movie. I mean, Viggo Morrison's facial hair is insane in that movie. That's true. He's got it up to his eyes. Yeah, it really goes high on his face. <laughs> but what's your point? It's, his face is covered in fur. He's like, a, he's like I think it's uh, 
Oh, it's so tough. Mm, I think it's a. I think it's a yes. I think uh, he's one of the most romantic characters in the films, uh, and I think that there's some scenes between him and like the elf girl, uh, like in the woods and stuff, um, where it's very heavily implied. Can I ask a question? <laughs> sure. It looks like you, I can't. Like literally, cannot stop you. So just in general, is this something that the both of you have the ability to like see in someone like this is a characteristic that you are looking for? If I say yes, how will you react? I I don't know. It's not important how I react. I guess there's only one way to find out, which is to say absolutely. (laughs) Huh. Okay. We're hypothesizing. Nothing is a clear, like in statement uh, thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not my segment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is about me. This is my problems. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, so do you think Aragorn needs ass? I have my answer, but I go last. But you will not be allowed to teach in schools after doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not allowed to teach in schools now. I do drugs. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. I mean, everyone's pretty straight laced. It seems like, except for maybe some of the like rowdier dwarves. So. I'm going to say no. I'm also going to say okay. no because Aragorn's a monarchist and monarchists are basically cops. And as we say on the show, cops, don't, <laughs> cops do not eat ass. Um, I've, uh, I think there are some cops that do eat ass. Um, we'll, like, uh, we'll have to like, do an entire episode about that. If we're going to get into that, that's like, well, I need time. Because um, that's like an existential question at a certain point. Um, I, I mean, RoboCop, definitely. Yeah, but he's more robo than cop. Well, that's what. Well, this is why my theory that goes back to previous episodes is that if you merge a cop with a different noun, then it can infiltrate the system of cops and and change the way that cops think about butts. I I would probably agree, but I also want to add that he's. I would say that he's all cop. Whoa. Yeah, he's I mean, all cop. I, yeah, regardless of the the components of man and machine, I think that he's still all cop. Whoa. Yeah, I think I, I think I think uh, the rest of the cops of that film are more robot than he is because he's got a heart of gold. Whoa, Whoa. Officer Holy Daniel crap. Murphy, Griff cracked the code. Now let's move on. To what I think is probably the easiest one. Does Gimli eat ass? Uh, it's a it, well. I think here's the thing. And definitely, it's a hard no in Fellowship. But I think by Return of the King, it's a tentative yes. Can I ask another question? Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't have to ask. If you can ask questions. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can just ask. All we're, right. We're not good at questions, so just blurt it out. So you do this. You do this every show. Probably the last like twenty five episodes. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Lux definitely hasn't uh, been. <laughs> I've tried to go through yeah, segments. There's none that make me laugh as much as making this one does. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to say. Chris, I, 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 get, I get that you're loving it, but just answer. <laughs> I'm going to say. Chris is a real audience stand in right now, I feel like. I'm going to say no. Okay. You don't think he's a rowdy enough dwarf? <sighs> I actually don't. Okay. I think he is. Griffin, what do you think? <laughs> Well, I think I'm gonna call your moms about it right now. That's what I think I'm gonna do. Well, yeah, you said tentative yes. I said I think he's rowdy. Chris says no. Let's get to Legolas real quick. Legolas does Legolas eat ass? Um, well, I've gone first on all of these. So, Chris, um, you want to take it away? And so I'll go first again. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Uh, listen, uh, he's an elf, right? Mm-hmm. 
elves live for a long time and they have all sorts of phases. So to assume that in like an eternity of life that you don't eat ass, I think it's silly. And also that scene where he slides on the shield and shoots three guys. It's really cool. Yeah. Checks out for me. What do you think? Curious. Who hates so this segment more I just, than I've ever? This is the worst I've seen you react to anything I've ever done. I'm just not <laughs> super comfortable with where I'm taking my mind for for these characters. I mean, you could you could understand that, right? Yeah, but I always think of it as more of like an ethical question than like a purely aesthetic one. An ethical question. <sighs> yeah, yeah. The ethical question of our age. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Yeah, the answer's got to be yes. Griffin's right. With an infinite timeline, infinite possibilities. Um, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so that segment's over. Chris, you're free. But <laughs> now there's just one more uh, thing left. Actually, Chris, Chris, you might have you might have broken the seal at Tega to make Lux do a new segment for fucking ones in his life. <laughs> I had a bunch of segments in the beginning. We hated all of them. We did this one and liked it. And then this is the one. That <laughs> then we stuck with this. So I did it for five years. Yeah. And now I'm dead. Um, you know, so Chris, you've been a fucking awesome guest. Where can the people who certainly exist and certainly would love to hear more of you or see more of your stuff, find more of you or more of your stuff on the internet? I would check out pwr.website. I'm not just being cute. That's, that's literally the, the yeah, URL. That's the URL. Uh, or check out the Facebook page, Facebook slash party world wrestling, Instagram at same and you can see uh, the upcoming show we got on March 9th and we're doing um, a live stream next week with Lux Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be fun thanks for having me guys Hey, no problem. Thank you for coming. Griffin, what do you want to tell to the people? I want to tell the people about Game Boys Pod on Instagram as well as just, you know, you know, how about you check out Griffin P. Davis as well? If you if you like. And as always, please give some five stars on iTunes. I know when Lux asks you to do it, you don't do it. But this I don't. time I'm Thanks, asking <laughs> and I'm asking from from the bottom of my heart. Give me at least three stars. You know, three stars would be cool. Um, maybe a little review too. Well, let's see if we got any new ones. Oh, we have some new restart. We have some new ratings. Oh, but no new reviews. You all have to stop doing this. Guys. We keep you all keep giving us more five star ratings. Very cool of you, but just write we any like- words. <laughs> Send us a letter. Yeah, right. Anyway, has anyone slid into the DMs recently? Y'all slide to the DMs, leave some reviews, talk to us, interact with us. We're fun. You guys listen to the podcast and leave positive ratings. Send send a message to me through the reviews. Send a message. So let's let That's Chris know how, let Chris know how you feel. The best way to reach Chris is to leave a review at on the Game Boys Podcast iTunes page. Five stars, please. And as far as my plugs, there's that. And I uh, also check out ML Surfboard at ML Surfboard on Twitter. All the PWR stuff. It's coming up soon. It's going to be very cool. That's about it for me. That's about it for us. So that means that's the end of the show. My name is Lux. I was your host. Your co-host was Griffin Davis. Your guest was Chris Monica. Your editor was Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton. And your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Bang, band. <laughs> <laughs>